Hello, everyone. Mystic Chick here. It's about that time to grab an absinthe frappe, rosewater fizz, or a ginger margarita square and get settled in to a big, puffy cloud of positive energy to contemplate another morsel of mystic goodness. So today's episode is kind of a tough love episode. We're going to be exploring astrological alignments and um, just kind of the negative side of astrology, but also like, where do you draw the line? Like, when is it not just negative astrology that's affecting your relationship with a significant other? And when is it just straight out a toxic relationship? What do you think, Virgo S? <laughs> oh, we will get into what I think. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Um, good times, good times. <laughs> so this is kind of a, what are they... There's a word for, for this type of lunch. I can't remember what it is. A liquid lunch? A liquid lunch, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the liquid is coffee right now, but I mean, it's it's happy hour somewhere in the world with somebody listening to this. So that is true. That <laughs> always is spike I'm your channel. coffee with something else. We have no judgment here. <laughs> well, I am. Yeah, I, my I'm drinking. This is I've been trying to drink less coffee, and I did pick alcoholic beverages because it is five o'clock somewhere around the world. Somebody will be enjoying those beverages. But right now I am drinking a Trader Joe's sparkling green tea with pineapple juice beverage, which is only 10 calories and packed with antioxidants, I'm sure. That sounds delightful. <laughs> it, it, the 10 calorie thing actually got me. I, I feel guilty whenever I drink sweetened beverages, except for my dark chocolate almond milk coffee. I will never feel guilty about that. <laughs> Embrace oh, the calories. <laughs> we only have a finite moment in time in this life. Have some goddamn sugar. <laughs> so true. And, and I have to admit it, it does taste pretty darn good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a reason why we use sugar, because it's delicious. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I this episode, wow. I don't know. I, I really... It was kind of a, I don't know how to feel. Like, it was kind of a shocker thing, like, kind of embracing or facing, I guess, like, what's going on actually this year. Like, the, the, has, I think they call them what? Astrological events. Yes. And they are events. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess that's a very, like, neutral way to state it. But, um, so it, kind of facing up to those and then also just kind of exploring you know, what are kind of the the goods and bads of every sign and how that can, can contribute to a, a relationship, whether it makes it better or worse. But also, you know, at the end of the day, are you just in a toxic relationship and how to sort that out? Yes, there's many layers to this one. So many layers. This is like the onion episode. Yes, yes. Do we ever reach the core of the onion? <laughs> Is there a core of the onion or is it just more layers? Just more onion. Just more onion. <sighs> okay. So, uh, but before we do that, because it is five o'clock somewhere, although it is not five o'clock um, in the Illinois region <laughs> at noon on a uh, Wednesday. <laughs> uh -huh, Wednesday at noon. <laughs> Wednesday at noon. I just picked astrology cocktails astrologically. Yeah. 
I am interested in these. Like, uh, <laughs> what exactly is an absinthe frappe? I well, that's why I I just was so like, oh my god, I can't believe these. This is crazy. Um, especially the one that's a square that we're going to talk about. <laughs> it's not even a drink. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a jello shot? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like looking at it. A fudge square? I don't know. Uh, so they're based on, so the absinthe frappe is actually a, um, they're based on like everyone, ha- every sign has one. And so that one's technically for Aquarius. But I just thought, I'm like, oh my God, that's just the craziest combination of words. <laughs> it, okay. So, so is it like an iced coffee with absinthe in it? I mean, I just said to embrace sugar, but I don't know how I feel about that one at all. <gasps> you know, I think but I guess that's how most people feel about Aquarians. You're going to make me cough up my, because I'm thinking my, I'm channeling my Aquarius moon here. Um, No, fresh mint and um, for anybody who hasn't had absinthe, it's anise flavored, kind of black licorice flavored, um, combined over crushed ice for a pleasantly refreshing cocktail, perfect for cool, smooth Aquarians. (laughs) Cool, smooth Aquarians. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just, I guess you don't even have to really blend it. You're just crushing the ice. I don't know. Does that make it a frappe? I thought frappes I mean, involved more work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think of it as a coffee drink, but maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's just crushed ice. Hmm. Maybe anything could be a frappe if you add crushed ice, <laughs> <laughs> opening us up to a whole world of possibilities now. Oh God, that's a whole nother episode. Yep. <laughs> what can we turn into a frappe? That could get ugly quickly. Yes. Uh, the other one was wait what was the what was the second one on my list because I want to end on the square because it's just too weird oh rose water fizz because yes that's so- that sounds really good okay so you oh because you drink flowery drinks depends on the flowery on the flower I mean like um rose water I think is really nice Lavender. I mean, I've had lavender drinks before, and some people really, really like them, but they can be a little too floral for me. And I guess, I mean, I drink gin, and I guess that technically counts as like a flowery sort of drink. I didn't think I really liked flowery drinks, but then I remembered I actually don't mind jasmine. I don't think I've ever had jasmine in a drink before. There's a place, uh, a town over that has a jasmine green iced tea that is just amazing. And normally I do not really like flower flavored things. Yeah. But... Well, no, I've had jasmine tea before. Jasmine tea is delightful. <laughs> I don't think I've had it any other way, though. So I guess maybe I haven't really like, I mean, been that adventurous. Yeah. I mean, well, all you would really have to do is like spike the tea with something. <laughs> Okay, there you go. <laughs> Just anything. And then like. as a cocktail, add some crushed ice and it's a frappe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's done. <laughs> <laughs> done and uh, done. <laughs> yeah, check that box off. All right, so Libra. That's the Rosewater Fizz is for the Libra sign. And it's a champagne-based cocktail that's simple, fruity, and slightly floral, well-suited to Libra's delicate sensibilities. Oh, <laughs> that does sound <laughs> like a very Libra cocktail. And apparently there are um, other alternatives for the other signs with the rosewater fizz based on your sign. Oh, gosh, this really like goes down a rabbit hole. You might 
anybody who's interested will have to explore that on their own. It's savure.com. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. S-A-V-E-U-R.com. And this, it's titled Mixtrology Cocktails for Each Sign of the Zodiac. And it was published in 2014. (laughs) Now I'm interested in what's Virgo. (laughs) All right, let's see. Virgo... I don't know if you're going to like this or not. You might actually. The celery martini. Yeah, I, I don't hate that. I actually, I actually really love like a vegetable juice cocktail. Um, one of like the best cocktails I've ever had in my life was at this uh, fancy cocktail bar in Asheville, North Carolina, and it, it used like a red pepper juice. Oh, okay. I could, yeah. I, yeah, I could like that. Yeah, I think that the name of it was the a little red Corvette. Oh, oh, that's adorable. You mm-hmm. have to drink it just because it's cute. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but that way it's not too sweet. It's very refreshing. That's, a, yeah. I mean, I think you need, it's almost like a palate cleanser in a way. Yeah. So the celery martini has fresh celery and lemon juices. Um, Lola, which I haven't heard of. Have you? No. I wonder okay. if I've had it before. I am probably mixed yeah. into the, but I, um, everything else. I seem to like yeah the celery celery bitters and gin. Why, why do I not have celery bitters like right now? Like <laughs> I need to go look for this now. Yeah, I mean, so that's different than celery salt, right? Yeah, but I mean, maybe put some celery salt around the rim. Like, ooh, that could get crazy. Okay, I am looking up <laughs> Lilette and. Like, what do you do with Lilith Blanc? <laughs> a low alcohol aperitif. Delicious in a soda or tonic water with some citrus zest. Hmm. Okay. I, I'm interested. I, I, I see you and I am interested in what you are selling me, Lilith Blanc. <laughs> if you try it, please let the world know what you think of this. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you add the celery bitters, a little let, uh, some gin, and it, it combines a clean and vegetal cocktail with a bright green hue that health conscious Virgos are sure to enjoy. Yeah, after I just go on a rant about diet culture and how sugar is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am feeling very called out because I am totally into the celery martini idea. I kind of want to try this. <laughs> See, they do know their signs. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm looking at mine. I'm like, I don't know if I'd even want mine. Okay. Uh, the Summer Alexander. It's made with herbaceous liqueur 43 and nutty frangelico. This sweet, comforting summer cocktail is perfect for nostalgic cancers. I mean, I think cancers get like the shaft on a lot of these drinks because like they picked rosé for me also in another article. And I'm like, really? Uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm more than that. I'm more than just a rosé. Yeah, I, yeah. I I feel like a rosé is more of a Libra sort of drink, you know, like because okay. it's all about the aesthetic. <clears throat> true, true, and it is well. And they picked rosewater fizz. I don't know if it's pink, but it seems like there's a rosy, pinky kind of vibe with Libras. But you have also said that you are a fan of the White Russians. And so this feels like a summary version of a, of a White Russian. It's Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. So we have a cancer on the live stream. So um, it is called the Summer Alexander. And you can find it on, I'm going to butcher it again, severe.com. I'm so severe. not fine. <laughs> 
Thank you. Alrighty. Yes. There it says it's go. made with an herbaceous liqueur 43, a nutty frangelico. <laughs> Sweet and comforting. Yes. Do you feel comforted? Comforted? I don't know. I'll have to try it to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Poor cancers. You need so much comfort all the time. <laughs> the world is a sharp and angry place. <laughs> uh, not enough fuzzy blankets in the world. No. I want to wrap myself all the time. That is my default is wrapping myself in a fuzzy blanket. <laughs> and I have one that I could actually wear. I, I'm really, this is just too much information. <laughs> it has a hood. <laughs> Ooh, a hood. I love a hood. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and the lastly, the ginger margarita, because we're like, oh my God, 15 minutes in and we're trying to keep to this new know, right? weekly time schedule. So it's actually Sagittarius that gets the ginger margarita squares. Okay. Yes. Yes. We need to learn more about these ginger margarita squares. <laughs> these mouth puckering jello shots turn the classic margarita on its head because, you know, Sagittarius likes to change it up. Ginger simple syrup adds a bit of Asian inspired flavor, a nod to Sagittarius's love of travel. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if they're reaching with that one, but you know, yeah, I feel like maybe reaching a little bit over here for Sagittarius. <laughs> I feel like most Sagittarians are like, um, I don't know about this one. <laughs> <laughs> if you just, could just a... give me an imported beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, okay. The C that would probably make more sense. But like, if you were to pick a sign that would be jello shot driven, who would you pick? Okay. I, I would maybe say Leo. Because it's like, I want it fast and I want it now. <laughs> All right, we'll go with Like, I, I, I don't even, or maybe even Aries. Like, I don't even have the time to drink mm. this entire margarita. Like, that's just too much time for me. Just like, one gulp down, go. Booze on the go. Yes. Which is, yeah, I, <laughs> that's a whole nother. Well, maybe that does fit in with our toxic relationship. Yes, it all ties together. <laughs> 15 minutes were not for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if you are with somebody who needs to booze on the go all the time, you may be in a toxic relationship. It might not just be that they're in Aries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. So um, the first thing to cover, oh my gosh, is, uh, and we're going to try to like chug through all this stuff because there's so much. There is so much. And I wanted to see if I can get to the um, test at the end. <laughs> oh gosh. All, all right. right. Okay. So let's go with our general thesis first. Yes. You, you want to plug that? I think you can say it better than I can. <laughs> uh, or what? Like uh, when to stop blaming astrology? Yes. Where is the line? <laughs> Basically, I mean, so we're going to delve into the the events of the year first because, okay, so you can sit there and you can blame your partner or not blame your partner. You can blame astrology because your partner is acting wonky in some sort of way. Maybe they're a little angrier than they should be. Maybe they are crying more than they should be. Maybe they're more drama prone. Maybe you need to keep rescuing them. Maybe you need to keep bailing them out financially. Or Maybe out of jail. Or, the, or out of 
jail. Or maybe you're making excuses for their bad behavior. They're they're loud or angry in public. They're starting fights with your friends or family. They're um, just inappropriate on social media. They're, the list goes on and on about all these crazy behaviors that could be in your partner that you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, you know, it's because of the Mercury retrograde. Oh my gosh, it's because of this, you know, crazy solar eclipse that's going to happen. Or it's, you know, the full moon's in this and they're a water sign and that's why. And yes, those things can all affect things. But at some point, if they're just like that every day, yeah. <laughs> And that means, and and we are kind of also expounding, like, you know, numerologically, like somebody could say, oh, you know, they're going through a nine year and it's a year of letting go and like clearing things out and things could be ripped away from them. Maybe they lost their job or this or that. Well, you know, it's because they're in a nine year um, and I just need to wait until, you know, the year passes and things will get better. At some point, you have to just like realize that maybe, you know. It's just that you're incompatible. It doesn't even necessarily mean that the person is a horrible person. It just means they're horrible for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, that's something to consider. Uh, is there anything else about our thesis that I have left out? No, I mean, I think that I think that covers it. It's basically, it's basically just all about how, um, I mean, not, we're not saying that we don't believe in astrology because literally we do. Like, <laughs> we are Mystic Chicken Virgo lass over here. But it's when you start using it as an excuse. Like when you're, it's so easy to make excuses for bad behaviors, especially when you're in a toxic relationship and you're just not ready to admit that fact to yourself yet. It's so easy to blame all of your problems on the fact that your partner is a Gemini. So <laughs> this is basically like the swift kick in the tough love that we are giving right now for anyone who might be in that space right now. Maybe what we're about to say is just going to hit a little bit too close to home. And maybe that's when you need to start examining like whether like your partner is being a jerk because there's an eclipse or they're just like that no matter what position the sun is in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the first thing to just check off the list, important astrology events in 2022 that are worthy of your attention. This is taken from myimperfectlife.com. But you can find them listed out in a million places. I just kind of grabbed what I found. So let's see. We got the Mercury retrograde that we already, we just finished up. Yeah, um, yes, exactly. Like we're in a blessed time of no retrogrades right now. So everybody <laughs> just like, just take a deep breath in right now and just enjoy the peace. <laughs> enjoy the peace. We're, we're like eking out of the shadow of the post shadow of the retrograde, but that's wrapping up too. And it's just kind of, yeah, we can bask in the, the forwardness of life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyways, as we've discussed on a previous podcast, it's just, you know, it's a time of technological difficulties, communication difficulties, travel difficulties, and all of those things can wreak havoc on a relationship, but those are not anywhere to be seen for at least until May 10th. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> then Jupiter and Pisces, which yeah, this, like, this is this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> It goes from January 1st to May 9th of this year. And 
<laughs> it could be, I guess the first part of the year could be very much about giving. And so, you know, maybe you could attribute that to like how much you're giving to your partner and they're taking, 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 and they're not giving back. And you're like, oh, but it's this time for giving. And, you know, it's in Pisces and I'm a water sign. So it's going to affect me more. And I'm going to want to give more to other people. No, not all. No. So um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to kind of comment on Jupiter and Pisces? Uh, I feel like I haven't experienced like the uh, like, you know, peace and spiritual attunement that it's supposed to bring. But I mean, we also just came out of like two retrogrades that were piled on top of each other. So maybe now I can like, okay, we're out of the retrograde. No eclipses are happening yet. Like, let's just <laughs> lean into some Jupiter and Pisces right now. Let's just, <laughs> let's tune ourselves into that sort of energy. Yes. I mean, it can be helpful in your shift to um, becoming more spiritually attuned and compassionate. So that's great. But like, just don't let anybody kind of abuse that, you know, because some people just really vibe with some of these astrological events. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like say you are like just really vibing with the Jupiter and Pisces, you know, like you're like, really like delving into your spirituality, you're feeling more compassionate for people and just like really like getting into it. But then suddenly it's like you leave yourself open to people taking advantage of you. You still need to have your, what is it? Uh, chakras up and shields down. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, chakras open, shields up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But but very really close. <laughs> I know. It's like I see. I'm thinking of like mini blinds where like you, you, you they go down for you to close them. So that's why I always that's why I always mess that up. <laughs> <laughs> so it, having and it's important to have your chakras open so that you know you're fully like experiencing life and the shields need to be up because you know there's a lot of energy vampire kind of craziness in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. No matter what the stars are doing at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next one is Pluto return that happens uh, February 20th. So that's yeah, up yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I better know if I really want to think about this too much. Like, okay, so imagine your Saturn return for, you know, your individual person. Like, okay, I'm becoming an adult now. Everything is changing. I'm moving to a new stage of life. Only it's happening for an entire country kind of explains a lot right now. It'll be interesting to kind of see what unfolds this year, but um, the Pluto return occurs only every 248 years. So uh, it definitely, for many countries, it can be a period of upheaval, radical reassessment, and change. It's marked the end of empires and also new forms of government and structure. There's no going back to how it once was. Uh, Pluto destroys what no longer serves and creates a new path forward. So it's a lot of like, it's like wrecking ball energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we are getting into some tower shit here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> that one's really easy for somebody who's really lying to themselves to stay in a toxic relationship because they're like, oh, well, the Pluto return. How can I expect anything else? 
Oh, exactly. It's like, yeah, I, I need to just like wait out this country's return. <laughs> wait for for better times. <laughs> just <laughs> hide under the bed and wait. <laughs> yeah, that one that one actually makes me feel pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Can only hope that it's a better way forward. I mean, it says it might take quite a bit of time for this planet to achieve one orbit, but it'll pack a punch once it's complete. I mean, because, yeah, like Pluto, you know, like it's a little bitty baby planet. Some would, (laughs) you know, debate whether it's a planet at all. But yeah, (laughs) it moves very, very slowly. Well, (laughs) and also maybe it's like the... um, kind of like the chihuahua dog or something where it's like, you know, because it's so small, it has to have like a more powerful kind of presence. <laughs> right. It makes its presence known. <laughs> like you will not miss where I am. <laughs> watch your ankles. <laughs> so I guess the message of Pluto return, watch your ankles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, like Jupiter is just like this enormous like great dane that just like wants to sleep on you all the time and like <laughs> won't even bark at intruders because they have snossages <laughs> <laughs> next event is stellium in pisces and you're probably wondering what the hey is a stellium Astelliums are good news. Well, thank you. That is a good way to put it. It happens on April 26th of this year, and it's when three plus planets are grouped together in the same sign. And it's particularly exciting for matters of the heart. So it is a great thing for love horoscopes. Yay, romance. Going to be a huge day for commitment, people getting engaged or even married around that time. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, like Yay, yeah, it says, marriage. Yeah, <laughs> all of the cos- all of the cosmos are flocking to Pisces. Quite literally, Jupiter, Neptune, Venus, the Moon, Mars, and asteroid Juno. <laughs> Just be careful because this is the kind of situation that can lull you into complacency if you have been with a problematic person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, this is probably the time when you you see something like this and you're just like. Oh, I'm going to get engaged this April. And maybe that's not in your best interest. Yeah, like this, um, the thing that we're reading also says it's an especially pleasurable time that will also focus on creativity, travel, and the things in life that bring us the most happiness. So maybe that would be like dumping this person that you probably shouldn't marry and just like learning how to be with yourself happily. Yeah. Go take a trip. Go get a group back. Yeah. Take a trip. Do some eat, pray, love. (laughs) Yeah. A change of scenery could be good or just throw yourself into finger painting. Yeah. Really? Why not? (laughs) Get your, yeah. Get yourself like, yeah, get yourself like a little eye pen for your iPad and, you know, like learn how to draw. Or an eye patch and pretend you're a pirate. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See, you would think I added a little bit of something, something to my sparkling green tea, pineapple (laughs) infusion. (laughs) Actually, that probably would not be a bad thing to mix into a, like make a cocktail out of. But like um, an eye patch? 
We're all over the map. No, my Trader Joe's, uh, what's it called? Sparkling. I'm twisting the label. Oh, yeah, sparkling green tea. Sparkling green tea. No, I, I think tea. that would be I think that would be delicious. Add a little vodka to it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Make it turn it from an afternoon drink to an evening drink. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, you just uh, try to find the positive. It's a very positive thing, but but try the the uh, more healthy takeaway from that situation of the stellium in Pisces. Yeah, exactly. Take it as an opportunity for like it's all about love, but it doesn't have to just necessarily be romantic love. Like like this doesn't mean like I. This is what we're talking about. I could very easily see somebody basically convincing themselves that all they have to do is wait for the Pisces stellium and then all of their relationship problems will be fixed. <laughs> that magical portal of time. Yes. When all of a sudden your partner starts leaving you romantic gifts and becomes the person that you remember them being in the beginning and setting yourself up for such a letdown. <laughs> now, just remember that that's the way a lot of those true crime episodes start. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was suddenly more attentive, bringing me roses all the time. Yeah, that's a problem. He, he was completely a, a jerk for two years. And now all of a sudden, after you signed the life insurance policy last month, you're getting roses on your pillow. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So eclipses, we have. We have eclipses. four of them. Oh, yeah, we have a plethora of eclipses. Uh, the first one, although they're not all as exciting, I, I one, two, two of them are partial, two of them are total. I don't know if, if total I really eclipse of the heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that song never gets old. It really never does. Oh, my gosh. It's just, it transports you to another place, another realm. <laughs> we could sing it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd probably have the voice more for that than pretty much other, any other song. She gets kind of screechy. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a duet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first one is April 30th. It's a partial solar eclipse. We have a total lunar eclipse on May 15th to the 16th. Um, October 25th is a partial solar again. And November 7th to 8th is a total lunar. So, yeah, and lots of things. Yeah, okay, we're shifting from Taurus and Scorpio, and apparently we're going, oh, we're going to start rethinking what's truly important to us as a result. So this actually could be a good thing. Like, I mean, no matter how you're feeling about this Pisces stellium, these eclipses are going to come and they are going to smack you in the face with some reality. <laughs> That's the hope, unless you're sitting there going, you know what I value most above anything else is love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, water signs. <laughs> <laughs> I can put up with the inattentiveness and the fact that, you know, they go out drinking and don't come home for three days because they say they love me. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I get the morning wake up, hello, I love you text. Oh. <laughs> and that just makes it all better. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So then we have, oh, 
you know, and there's pages and pages of this and I don't even understand. It looks like it's done after we have two more things. So I'm going to leave it parked there because I I clicked on other pages. I didn't really see anything. But uh, Mars Retrograde is October 30th during our wonderful, most favorite time of the year. Yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, time to re-examine things, uh, particularly your careers and your drive and ambition. So um, yeah, just kind of keep that in mind. It's about working less and then thinking about what you truly desire. So, you know, it's about working smarter, not harder, I guess. <laughs> oh, it also says Mars also brings repression to the surface. So if there's something you've been holding back from your SO, address it before things boil over. And Halloween is just the perfect time for like an eyes wide shut situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like so suitable for that type of year, time of year. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, kind of just re rethinking goals and um, just if you are, again, like you're in this relationship with somebody and you're like, you've been kind of pushing down who you really truly are, or alternatively, you don't feel comfortable sharing your fantasies with them, or if you don't feel like your fantasies and their fantasies are in alignment, that will kind of bubble to the surface and you'll have to like decide if it's really worth it or not. Right. And Mars can also just like make people very short tempered. And obviously, like, it would be very easy to write off like your partner's short temper as like, oh, Mars is in retrograde. That's why they're acting <laughs> this way. But like, maybe it's you, maybe you're you like have suddenly a very short fuse. And instead of writing that off as Mars is in retrograde, that's why I'm like this. Like this is the time to do your shadow work and analyze, okay, but what am I feeling so short tempered about? Like just because mm. like it's happening around this time doesn't mean that there's a, that there isn't a cause, a root cause happening for it. Like yeah, Mars, I mean, I, yeah, Mars wants you to examine these things. Yeah, Mars, Mars will get in your face about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah, um, Mar Mars is that tough love friend who slaps you across the face and yells, Wake up! <laughs> Look at your life. Look at your choices. <laughs> oh, my God. Do better. <laughs> Do better. <laughs> Oh <laughs> now I understand why this is my ruling planet. <laughs> yeah, you're really getting into that. <laughs> it's like you're putting on your Mars jacket. You're like, yeah, I could, I could be Mars for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, stud. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I, I see the Mars thing, and I like, and I have to, you know. I wonder where it is in my chart. I, I wonder what kind of influence Mars has in my chart because there are times where I just get like really like angry for no particular reason. Oh, that would be very interesting to see where your Mars is. <laughs> uh, it's usually over really, really stupid little things. <laughs> <laughs> Who ate the last of the 70% dark chocolate? <laughs> oh, I mean, but that is valid right there. <laughs> Why do I have to put up with this milky 50% crap? <laughs> Just not hitting right. <laughs> it's not the same. All right. So then there's the North Node. 
Say this five times fast. North nodes Uranus conjunction. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I can, I'm going to put a fork in that one. Uh, so it's mid-July until the end of 2022. And it's, oh my, a point of fate. It will uh, conjoin exactly with Uranus, which rules change, freedom, and liberation. So shocking events, innovative developments, all sorts of stuff like that. So this to play is out of... on the global stage during our mm. Pluto returns. <laughs> oh, that kind of... So, so our country's going through a Pluto return and the entire global stage is having a Uranus conjunction. So, okay. Yeah. Interesting times. Interesting times. Wow. I, I really don't know what to say about that because in, in light of those two things, you could pretty much take any relationship and say, if it's going to crap, it's because of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can this marriage be saved? <laughs> Might as well throw in the towel now. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy recently, and I was thinking about just like the circumstances that Arthur Dent was kind of faced with that last day on Earth, and just, you know, what didn't matter anymore because it was like the whole the whole world was going to get bulldozed. <laughs> the only thing that mattered was that towel. <laughs> the towel. You got to have a towel. <laughs> if you're going to be uh, traveling through space, you got to have a, a couple of things. One of them being a towel. Actually, did you ever like hear about what um, the number 42 actually meant? Oh yes. It is. It's, <laughs> Basically, it's. I think they were trying to figure out the meaning of life, the universe, and everything, and so they put it into this like highly evolved supercomputer. And you know, they it took the computer like eons to sort it out, like generations and generations. And the answer to life, the universe, and everything, after all of its computing, was the number forty-two. And by the time they arrived at the answer, the people who got the answer had no idea what the question was because it had been so long. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, like, 42 is kind of like computer speak. Oh, yes, yes, you're right. Yeah. There's more, there's definitely way more to it than that. And there yeah. were a lot of like also theories like afterwards on it. But okay, so the computer speak and what. I, I remember reading this somewhere. What was it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I, I I do not speak computer. But I think that back around the time that this um, book was written, it meant, like, you would put in 42 for if you didn't know the next part. So for the next part of the computer code that you were writing. So 42 meant we're making it up as we go along. <laughs> or whatever you want it to be. Uh, oh, yeah. So what's the secret of life? Whatever you want it to be. Whatever you want it to be. That's awesome. I mm -hmm. love that so much. And uh, yeah, yeah, he meant it as a joke. It, and it's just, it's great. I mean, it, at the end of the day, like life should be, you should be able to find the humor in life. Like that's what living is all, supposed to be all about. Exactly. Going through the crap and still trying to find the humor. Really, at the end of the day, all of yeah, I feel like that's the guiding principle right here. Like, there's going to be a lot of upheaval coming up, but everybody just keep your sense of humor and always carry your towel. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that so much. So this kitten that I I've had for the last couple of weeks, who's Romeo, Romeo, where that's his shelter name. Where there's still debates. Um, I know um, my daughter is very against the name Romeo because Romeo has made very bad choices and ended up committing suicide. So she's like, he can't be named Romeo. I know that there were votes for Moonbeam. Um, but I actually want to name him Arthur Dent, which I just was met with a face, an <laughs> irritated face, irritated I face. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get my wish, but he definitely looks like an Arthur. But he actually has been, even though he's grown by the hour, I swear he has grown by the hour. He's like twice the size he was two weeks ago. Um, and he's got like way more energy. A couple takeaways if you are going to adopt a pet, um, if they just went through a major surgery, and they're still like probably drugged up and coming out of like recovery. You shouldn't base their attitude on <laughs> those factors because <laughs> once he started really recovering, he got way more <laughs> energy and became insane. <laughs> oh, that's right. Last time you were t- telling me about him, you were like, oh, wow, he's so chill. He just wants to <laughs> hang out and just be uh, by us. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to cry last night because apparently he found the escape hatch of my recliner chair and has started now, besides clawing the crap out of the back of the chair, has like like found his way into it somehow and then scratched us the crap out of the inside while we all scream <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm like we have to get this chair out of here we have to save the chair and um yeah i am i am definitely when i do eventually uh, get new cats i'm like hoping they don't ruin my new couch too much because my elderly cats i was able to dissuade them from that enough <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I just can't even. I'm just can't. I gotta get a new pole. I need a scratching pole. But anyways, um, he but he's very like fond of the of supporting the podcast because he's curled up the and he's behind me today too on my chair while I podcast. So I I consider that a good sign. And since we have kind of you know our mascot is a black cat. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he's he's definitely throwing his support our way. Yeah, as our our new official mascot, little Arthur Moonbeam. (laughs) Arthur, yeah, that's (laughs) Sir Arthur Moonbeam. Sir Arthur Moonbeam, I love it. (laughs) The third, (laughs) the third. It's always the third. All right, so I do. I actually do like that, and then I could sneak the name in. No, exactly. Everybody gets what they want. Yes, yes. Um, all right. So then I'm trying to think of how much we can get through before the end of the hour. I know we want to end on kind of a toxic relationship kind of quiz or checklist just to kind of, you know, shed some light on when it's toxic. But also, um, oh, you know, here's, oh, here's a good segue. Okay. Hmm. So Mystic Chick, when yeah. was a time, and I know we have, we have talked before about past ro- toxic relationships for both of us, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, back in our past, we are not in toxic relationships now, yay for growth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, wh- was there a time when you uh, were blaming, like, the moon, the, his astrology, he, he's you know, a, he's a whatever sign and I'm a water sign. Like, did you, did you ever make those excuses? I actually, uh, he was a cancer as well. So I, I 
chalked a lot of it because I this was before I really even got into a, a lot of the stuff. Um, right. But but still, like, I mean, like we grew up reading our horoscopes. Maybe we weren't go- delving too far into birth charts, but we were still all about sun signs. Yeah. Well, I chalked a lot of it up to us being, you know, the same water sign and that we were really emotional and that, you know, we just kind of sometimes like uh, triggered each other that way. Just like, you know, we're just so both emotionally kind of in the same place all the time. And there's sometimes some like, I don't know, pushback with that. That's kind of like what I thought at the time. Right, right. And I can see that. Like, I feel like I've had, um, I have had friends who are fire signs who dated their same sign and felt the same way. (gasps) Yeah, it's like you're too similar. I mean, some people make it work. They really do. But like, sometimes it's like a powder keg. Yeah, because I mean, I am a Virgo lass who is married to a Virgo lad. And (laughs) so I mean, I've and I'm doing well with it. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're, you're rocking it. (laughs) Uh, so that kind of like brings us to the whole, I, and I'm not, I have a, I found a bunch of information on this stuff, but I'm just going to do the most toxic pairing, the sign you should never date as your sign. So I'm just uh, going to read these off really quick, but um, Aries most toxic match is Taurus, which I I don't know if I would have thought that. I thought Taurus pretty much gets along with every, oh, because they're stubborn and stuck in their ways and don't like to. Oh, the the ram and the bull. (laughs) So, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that says it all right there. All right. So, um, yeah, and they're saying that, uh, yeah, we've got the stubbornness and um, they don't like their tourists don't, Torrens don't like their ideas to be challenged. Uh, And it says that, when these two get together, they form a particularly toxic combination of people who love to give advice, but can't receive it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 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 (laughs) All right. Taurus is most. Okay. And this is where I'm like sitting there going, how do you figure this stuff? Taurus's most toxic match is Gemini. How is it not? (laughs) Hey, well, Maybe there's different layers. I mean, what, cause we've done that before where we've had shows where we talked about, we've seen articles about like, this is the most toxic sign. And then like, it just ended up being like reversed, you know, like whatever it was for Aries was also for Taurus or whatever. But I mean, I kind of like the more nuance in this, like maybe uh, like for Taurus, it's a bad relationship with Aries, but like it's a bad romance, (laughs) but it's not to the toxic levels as it would be if being with the Gemini. Yeah, that clears it up. All right. And so, and I could totally understand why Gemini and Taurus would not be matched well because Gemini is like, you know, all over the place. Yeah. Let's try new things. Let's think new thoughts. Let's have a million conversations. Let's party. And Taurus is like, I want to be in my comfort zone and I want to think things through and I want to like, yeah, I mean, they they like their routines. So yeah, that would be right, right. And and Torians can like really just dig in and be stubborn and uh, Gemini's change their minds every two seconds. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> Well, I'm getting stressed just thinking about that combination. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Gemini's most toxic match, dun, 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 Capricorn. Hmm. Oh yeah, I could see that. <laughs> okay. And Capricorns, and I mean another Earth sign. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, I think all around us earth signs, we tend to be kind of stubborn. <laughs> just kind of, just a little. kind of. But I mean, like, I, I just am always... I always wish I'm an earth sign because I'm like, you know, just to have a better handle on like the physical reality of things, which it would just make my life so much simpler. I mean, it's your rising sign, though. True. It does help even it out some. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have that balance. Got to have that balance. <laughs> the, 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 that's pretty much. So the world, the thing I'm projecting to the world is that, you know, I understand these things and I have it together. But truly. <laughs> <laughs> it's another story uh, <laughs> but anyways so um list making capricorns and then you have the gemini's who are non-committal and spontaneous and yeah i mean capricorns i think are definitely very driven and they like to be in places early and they like to have side hustles and they like to you know account for things and that is very not Gemini. right and it always makes capricorn sound so stuffy but most capricorns that i know are extremely creative people it's just that they're always trying to turn their creativity into a side hustle <laughs> which I think that I could see that being just very frustrating for Gemini because they're just like, why can't you just do a thing that you like? Because you like yeah. to do it. <laughs> and it's not like I can see Gemini's having side hustles also because they're so like, you know, spontaneous or they have to like keep. Changing oh, yeah. And, and one job is just too boring. Yeah. But I think that, you know, Capricorns, just their approach to everything is just so much more like, you know, there's a checklist involved. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, because for Gemini, a million side hustles are just like what you do to stay busy and, uh, you know, stay entertained. And yeah. for Capricorns, like you're drawing up a business plan, you're taking out <laughs> small loans, you're buying the website domain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So this one's interesting. Cancer's most toxic match is Aquarius. I have an Aquarius moon and I'm a Cancer. So I don't know. But if aren't you happy they didn't say Sagittarius? Yeah. Although I haven't gotten a Sagittarius this most toxic. Uh, true, true, true. <laughs> uh, but what they're saying. So um, Cancer's home, a homebody and uh, Aquarius is technically a free spirit. So yes. there's that. Cancers crave independence. Aquarians thrive group activities and communal living. And I, I think I've actually found a really good blend of those in the work that I do because I, you know, I own my own business, but I also like do a lot of workshops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I can channel that like can that uh, Aquarian moon kind of thing. And just like, yes, I like my group experiences. I've made it work. But um, so, you know, the cancer person wants to sit there and Netflix and chill. And then uh, Aquarius wants to like be out and about and exploring and having new experiences and doing cool things and thinking outside the box. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I can kind of, I don't think it would be quite as toxic for me, but well, maybe because I, I do don't, I, I do don't. Nice. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to pick up and leave and like travel the globe at a moment's notice. I don't know if I could handle that. I am a cancer. Right. Yeah. 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 I swear that with the Aquarians, I know they have way more wanderlust than a Sagittarian any day. <sighs> All right. So Leo's most toxic match is Scorpio. I can hmm. see that. Okay. Um, yeah. Because... 
I feel like Leos are, yeah, like they just want to bask in the sun and it's all about them and they want what they want when they want it immediately. And, but, and Scorpios, like, I mean, they're very introspective. They are very emotional, but in a very spicy way. (laughs) And I, I saw like a, uh, like a, like just like a picture once describing Scorpio. Okay. It was a water faucet with flames shooting out of it. And I was like, that's it. That's it right there. That is Scorpio. Okay. That's right. And uh, sorry, shout out to Obi, my protective guard dog hound man who is woo woo wooing at something outside. It could be a delivery van. It could be in somebody else's yard, a random dog walking down the street. Um, Sometimes we actually have a coyote walking down the street. See, Obi, he likes to chime into the pod every now and then. Like now that we, for any of you who are new, if you listen to some of our past episodes, I had a cat named Bowie who was very, very vocal, but he is no longer, he is no longer with us. His presence is still felt, but his voice is no longer heard. So I appreciate Obi just picking up that torch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bowie's with us in spirit and, uh, but yeah, Obi, he, he's very loud, so I apologize. But yeah, that he is kind of carrying that torch for us. <laughs> um, so with now I got like totally thrown because of the whole barking thing. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about um, why Leos and Scorpios don't work. Yeah, and so Scorpios like they Leos want a ton of praise, and Scorpios are like you have to earn it. Yes. You know, you can't yes. just, I can't just give it out. It's, you know, this is like worth something. And so that is like one of the biggest issues. So, oh, and when the Leo kind of tries to turn on the charm with other people, it'll just piss the Scorpio off. Oh, no. Scorpios are very territorial. <laughs> you will get yeah. that sting. Yeah, yeah, yes, you will. So, and Virgo, okay, your most, this isn't a surprise, your most toxic match is a Pisces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain why you think that's fitting? See, like we have gone on before about like, if you do a deep dive into the pod about like my, my thoughts and feelings about Pisces and I've never actually dated one. Maybe in my past, if I had ever dated a Pisces, it would have been great, but I did have a very toxic Pisces friendship. And so I, I, I could definitely see why I wouldn't want to date one. <laughs> and, and again, like I, I always try to say that um, there are good and bad things about every single sign. And so just because like someone is a Pisces doesn't mean that they can't be like the really beautiful spiritual artist's muse that a Pisces can be. But um, when they're lean into the bad qualities, oh my goodness, it's a lot. <laughs> like we have another article here. I don't think we're going to have time to get into it, but I was reading the bad traits of a Pisces and I was like, oh my God, yes, all of this. Like, I think one of it was like, um, like telling such great lies that you end up believing them yourself. I was like, oh, yes, that's right there. Again, not a thing that all Pisces do. It was a thing that this Pisces did that. (laughs) Uh, 
Sorry. And when we're talking about relationships too, you know what? It doesn't necessarily mean a toxic relationship. It can also mean a toxic friendship. Yes, de- definitely. They, the relationships in many forms. Um, the one thing that got me though about like the mismatch between Vir- Virgo and Pisces is uh, <laughs> the uh, you, you're basically pairing a daydreamer with a very practical person. And yeah, that could irritate both people very quickly. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, Libra's most toxic match is a Virgo. I, I, huh, I thought like Libra got around along with everybody. And I yeah, thought Virgos I mean, were pretty like, you know, down to earth practical. So like, I don't really see why it's an issue. Yeah, I don't either. I, it's, I mean, I guess it says with Virgo, there's rarely ever spo- any spontaneity, which Libras enjoy, but like, ah, whatever. <laughs> it's it's a, a, Virgos also show love through practical acts of service while Libras enjoy being romanced. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I, I feel like us Virgos, like, we, we tend to mate for life where Libras like to keep their op- options open. <laughs> so. Oh, God. Well, I also see that, like, both signs like to talk um, and that uh, they can make each other nervous. So. I don't know. I feel yeah, like toxic. I, don't know. I mean, again, I enjoy I enjoy Libra. I think that Libras are great, but this also could be that I actually have the most planets in Libra. So, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why I get along with them. That's too funny. Yeah, my daughter's a Libra. So I'm just sitting there going, uh, you know, she's pretty easy going. Well, <laughs> she is a teenager. Okay, I'm just going to park that there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love you, my sweet daughter. (laughs) All right. So um, Scorpio's most toxic match is Leo. And I think, didn't those pretty much mirror each other then? Yeah, that that was just a straight up mirror. (laughs) Yeah. And then Sagittarius' most toxic is Pisces, which kind of makes me a little worried because I'm a cancer and my husband's a, a Sagittarius. So I'm just like, ooh, water sign. Yeah, but it doesn't say anything about cancer. No, no, it doesn't. I just like picked up on the water sign and my, my little uh, fish scales went up. <laughs> my, my crab legs started getting pinchy. Then <laughs> she would have wanted it this way. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. Um, what was that from? Was that South Park? No, the Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, okay. when um, Homer had a pet lobster named Pinchy, and then he gave him a bath that was too hot. Oh, yeah. Didn't he get really big, though, first? And and then he started looking at him kind of like, ooh, look at you. Oh, I, I don't I don't remember that part. I just remember that like he ate the entire lobster all himself and wouldn't share. And he said Pinchy would have wanted it this way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, oh, my gosh. All right. So we're going to rush rush through these last ones. And then I do want to do the quiz really quick about toxic relationships. Um, but basically... Also, also, like I was just going to say, no, I meant to say that um, it's a very Cancerian thing for you to see that Pisces is Sagittarius's like worst match, and you being like, oh, but I'm very close to a Pisces. That's my next door neighbor, so maybe that's about me. 
It's um, yeah, so but Pisces are pretty much they are pure feeling and fire signs pretty much are like, yeah, feelings. Those are great. Okay, let's talk about those later. Let's go do something. Yeah, let's go do something about it. Let's do something about those feelings. <laughs> yeah. Or let's just go out and, and travel or do so like, you know, whatever. We'll talk about our feelings later. Like, yeah. Yeah, that, that sucked. Sorry, that sucked for you. All right, let's move on. Yeah, like, moving on. <laughs> Where's your depth? Oh my gosh. Uh, see, I'm channeling my own relationship. Actually, you know what's really funny is that the um, uh, Pisces that I used to be friends with, I do remember that she always would have crushes on Sagittarians and she would just be like, oh, another Sag. Why? <laughs> Because you haven't worked out your karma yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's gotta be it. Um, okay, Capricorn's most toxic match, Libra, which I think that was a pretty much straight mirror, too. Yep. Um, and then Aquarius, most toxic match, Taurus. Was Aquarius and Taurus? Um, what was Taurus? They're both fixed signs, meaning they're stuck in their ways and very stubborn. Mm. Like unless they're willing to compromise this relationship is not going to work okay all right so yeah those aren't a direct mirror i know taurus had a toxic match of gemini but they're both air signs so there you go yeah uh what else was there oh and pisces most toxic match is aries so yeah, I, I can totally see that yeah i can see that absolutely yeah because um Aries is like the Godzilla stomping all over the city of Tokyo that represents Pisces feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, yeah, they talk about, they define it as an explosive relationship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Pisces can tend to hold grudges. So for a long, long time, or in this, like, according to this forever. So that's something to keep in mind too. If the Aries is just like flying off the handle, they'll just keep a mental list of all the wrongs. I think they call that in a uh, psychology speak, like gunny sacking. <laughs> oh, see, my, well, my first thought was um, Arya's list from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Which, what was that? It was the list of people who had wronged her that she was going to kill someday that she whispered to herself every night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Cersei. The Hound, <laughs> Joffrey. <laughs> and the list goes on and on. Uh -huh. Getting oh bigger by the day. And she that she was, yeah, they there were some good people that should be should have been eliminated on that list. All right. Uh so the lastly, because we're um we gotta wrap up in a couple minutes, but the toxic relationship quiz. So this is just to kind of zero in on is your relationship toxic? Can you just draw the line in the sand? It's not just astrology or numerology that's that's wreaking havoc on your relationship. The first one, uh, privacy isn't a thing in this relationship. And I don't know if I'll go through all of these. I think I actually have to answer. Oh, no. Uh -oh. <laughs> it's on Mind Body Green articles, uh, backslash toxic relationship quiz. <laughs> but we'll go through a few of these and then, you know, see what happens. Should we answer them like we, we might be in a toxic relationship? I mean, oh, oh, oh like, like not our actual relationship, but just like um, what would be the correct answer if you were in a toxic relationship? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's Cut do that. Let's, 
Let's see how toxic we can get. Yeah, let's 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 get toxic. Right. <laughs> Cue the Britney Spears. <laughs> All right. So privacy isn't a thing in this relationship. Well, true. He needs to know what what I'm doing. He does check my phone and read all my texts. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Since being in this relationship, many of your other relationships with friends or family have faded or become strained. The part your partner is basically the only person you're close Ooh, to these days. Okay, yeah, toxic would be true. True, yes. Mm-hmm. You two are constantly fighting, and your fights often get nasty. Oh, he did oh. pull some of my hair, <laughs> <laughs> and not in a sexy way. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, not to make light of anything, but like, um, a lot of times it it's something awful. Like they'll throw a beer bottle in your direction or stuff like that, where the fights get like pretty intense and ugly. And that's scary yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I feel, okay, this is going to be a deep dive. I just like, you know, got into something I'm going to have to take too much time to explain, but some of my friends have a reaction channel and one of uh, shout out to watchers in the bar. If you like reactions, but, um, they're doing, reactions to um Cora from you know the last airbender series and she uh, like she has very Aries energy I swear she's an Aries even if she is like from the water tribe and she got mad at her boyfriend and she threw a desk and my one friend who is one of the reactors was like okay that's toxic right there that is abuse girl you threw a desk there is no coming back from that (laughs) yes so you know if if you've had a desk thrown at you definitely answer true to this um yes there have been moments when you've been genuinely afraid of your partner Oof. yeah That's bad. Yeah. Uh, you feel like you can say, I'm just like hitting true for all these. Just so, so everybody out there is like, how, how toxic can we get this? I'll just hit true. Uh, you feel like you can say no to your partner and you're okay with them saying no to you. Oh, okay. So if you're in a toxic relationship, you would feel like you couldn't say no to your partner. Right, right. Because it's just that feeling of walking on eggshells all the time. Yes. Uh, one of you makes basically all the decisions in the relationship. Ooh, yeah, that's ugly. Uh, One or both of you has gone through the other person's phone and or social media accounts to see who they're talking and texting and talking to. So if you answer true to that, that's a problem. Oh, and also if you feel like you have to, like it's necessary and maybe you did find some stuff. Yeah, that's that's also a toxic red red flag. Yeah. Extremely, yes. Uh, one person in the relationship is a little more passive and mostly just goes along with what the other person says or decides. I don't know if this could be like strictly construed as being in a toxic relationship because some people just are more easygoing and they don't, they feel like anxiety making the decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is that. Like some people just don't like making the decisions and so they'll kind of default to whatever you want. But maybe, maybe that could actually be toxic. There's two ways that this can be toxic. In one level, it can be toxic if you feel like you always have to be that person and you're talking yourself into that, oh, I'm just a passive person and this is just how I am. And I just don't like making decisions. And really, that's not true. But the other way it can be toxic is maybe for the other person, maybe they don't want to make the decision all the time. Maybe they want you to just like pick a goddamn side side every once in a while, because it can be a lot of emotional labor to be making all of the decisions all of the time. 
yeah yeah oh i mean it can be very stressful for certain yeah. people to make those decisions so we'll, we'll we'll give some leeway on that question one or both of you sometimes gets very angry and takes it out on the other person oh yeah as throwing a desk across a room <laughs> But is it, is it just like, you know, somebody just being like, like, you know, everybody's had moments, I guess. Yeah, no, everybody but. does have moments. And I mean, that, that is, I think something that can be hard in any relationship to recognize is um, when you're in a bad mood and you start like snapping at your partner and it's not because you don't love them. It's because you view them as a safe place to take out your frustrations because at the end of the day, they still have to love you back. True. And, uh, but that is like your own shit that you need to deal with because that's not healthy in any way, shape or form. No. So, I mean, I guess if it happens too often, it's toxic, but yeah. I mean, there's a little leeway on that question. Yeah, I, I, I will say that some of these things, they're maybe not necessarily toxic, but they are unhealthy. Yeah. And uh, like an unhealthy relationship is also an unhappy relationship. That is true. All right. So you rely on each other for everything. Honestly, neither of you could survive without the other person. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that kind of, yeah, that gives me weird vibes. I don't like that. Uh, yeah. You or your partner gets upset when the other person spends time with people outside the relationship. Oh my gosh, that's toxic. Yeah, that that's toxic as all heck. <laughs> you heck feel toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say hecking toxic? Yep. <laughs> you feel comfortable talking about your feelings with each other. If you're in a toxic relationship, you will not. Mm -hmm. uh, your time together is generally light and easy. If you are in a toxic relationship, that's not the case. Uh, sometimes one or both of you says pretty harsh things to the other, heavily criticizing the other person. Yeah, and not in like a nitpicky Virgo sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our, our love language is wanting to fix you, but <laughs> <laughs> only to a point, <laughs> only to a point. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So if you, cause we're only halfway through or not even. So if you want to take the full quiz, um, it's on mindbodygreen.com. Um, yeah, I, I feel like you can all see where this is going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you in a toxic relationship? Take this five minute quiz to find out. So it, I think that, you know, it definitely, if you are kind of on the fence about it, um, taking that quiz might actually help you. Or yeah. You yeah. And, and like I just said, like maybe if like you're somewhere in the middle, you're like, okay, so I'm not in a toxic relationship, but I am in kind of an unhealthy one. Like, I mean, there can be like room for growth in an unhealthy relationship. Like when your plant is unhealthy, like give it some more water and some more light, you know, cut off the bad parts and maybe it can start like thriving again. But you also have to do that work. It can't just be, these are all the ways that you're unhealthy because <laughs> that is also toxic. You all have to examine yeah. your own shit too. And like, you know, even if you don't think you're doing anything, you know, and it's like it, even just being in victim mode, there's a payoff to that too. And you have to yep. then do that shadow work and see like, why, what am I getting? Because there's always some sort of positive kernel um, even from the, the most terrible, terrifying relationships that like, you know, you're getting back even on a subconscious level. So you want to examine like, why do I feel the need? To right. Like there like can be, I think, a weird sort of dopamine rush from being with someone who's bad for you 
And having all of your friends and family say, oh my God, that person is so wrong and you are completely right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's easy to kind of stay in that martyr position because you like the feeling of being right. Well, and also just the feeling like there's a high, there's an adrenaline rush during those, you know, arguments, fights, like there's a lot going on. That's, there's a cycle to that stuff for a reason. It's just, it's very addicting and um, you get caught in it and it's really hard to get out. So uh, definitely, you know, at the end of the day, astrology can kind of mess with you. Numerology, um, having an awareness of like, you know, what your cycle you're going through, things like that can be helpful. They can help guide you. But you also have to take responsibility for what's going on in your life, you know, and if there are people in it that, you know, you keep kind of blaming like the universe, like, oh, it's because this one, you know, thing is going wrong. There's this eclipse. There's this retrograde. You know, we'll we'll be better as a couple after this period of time. That's not always the case. And you need to be honest with yourself. Yeah. If you even have to say that, you really need to examine some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I always try to say too um, that, okay, so everyone says relationships are work. You know, like you hear it all the time. You have to work at a relationship. Everything is work. You have to like, you know, really, if you have to have a successful relationship, you need to compromise and you need to work at it. And this is true to some level. Like, I mean, any relationship has a give or take and like some work to keep things moving. However, if your relationship is more work than play, it's time to re-examine some stuff. So true. Yeah, it just, it can't be, it, you yeah, can't, it can't feel be like all work. The donuts all yeah, the exactly, exactly. It can't be all work, no play. <laughs> and, and, and when the and then when the play just comes up from like the makeup after a fight, that's also no good. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's not, that's, that doesn't count. All right. We've covered a lot in this episode. I know we're trying to keep it to our hour time frame. Yeah, I, but I think, I, I think like an hour and 15, I think that we did pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pat myself on the back. Yeah, we are. We did not ramble on for two hours. Look at us. Look at us go. We're keeping it tight. (laughs) We're we're running a tight ship. All right. If anybody has any, you know, questions, comments, if they want to reach out to us, um, you can reach out to me on Twitter at chick underscore mystic and Virgo Lass. I am at Lass Virgo. And I hope everybody out there stays mystical. Good night, my witches.